So next year, I have to do some lecturing. I'm going to be sculpting young minds. Oh my god! You know how it is like just fucking you know like a ghost people. scenario. Yeah, yeah, sculpting them <laughs> like in the movie Ghost. Like I'm going to put those young minds on a turntable, and then I'm going to use my illusory hands to <laughs> oh, sculpt something them. Whilst I have a very wrong sexy about scene this image. with my still alive wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the point is, how can we really lean into this new persona? And what kind of fun thing should I do to myself, mind, body, and soul to prepare for my role as a, as a you know, a, a, a lecturer? Can you grow your hair out into like an Einstein fro? Oh, like an Einstein. Yeah, an Einstein thing would be very cool for you to do with your first lecture <laughs> in physics. Is coming does your hair go Einstein. straight out? Oh no, it goes down, doesn't it? It's best as a What if what if there you what if you stood in front of them and sculled two liters of colored milk and vomited all over the stage? <laughs> I think that would probably thinking, connect with them. I was thinking That's a lot of Fortnite references, a okay, lot of dabbing. Classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classy, um, classy. It's all about prison rules. Your first class comes in, pick out the biggest one, fucking beat him up. Right. I said fucking. <laughs> I think you're going to say pick out the coolest one and stunt on him. Like right. prison rules, like establish cool dominance amongst the. We're both we're thinking about three very different prisons here. Wait, why don't you have, why don't you have <laughs> one of us is in the real world? Why don't you have a uh, like a false professor going ahead of you, so they think they're going to be by <laughs> someone else, and then you come and be like, "I am so sorry, students, but <laughs> Professor Malkovich." Has died, I and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sad. I'm so sad about this." And then you're the fucking, you know, the the Don Pike that comes in. Um, oh, I do a thing where I'm like, like that one Fringe show where the guy pretends that like he's the assistant and the magician has died, and I'm like, "Oh, I guess I have to do the lecture now." Oh, Jesus! And it's I very just, endearing like, and that sort of thing. And then you could be like, "Can you guys? Can it. you teenagers imagine if you had to get up here and do a lecture?" Jeez, and then and then forget your pants as well. No, you can't do that. It, can't it's do occurred that. to me that I could actually do a Goodwill Hunting thing, where like I could like like first day I could like sit in the front here. row. Yeah, yeah. Except instead of poetry, <laughs> it's memes. It's two thousand nineteen. Like, I'm young baby. enough, and none of them know me, so I'd probably get away with that. <laughs> No, you de- you need to come in like in a fucking like janitor's outfit sort of thing, and you're like, oh, what you guys you guys doing some. Hang on, what, oh, quantum what, physics, what, eh? What you, what I guess your professor didn't here? show up. And then be like, hang on, this all makes sense to me. <laughs> and I would listen, like, imagine if you saw that happen and be like, this random... Did you like, say Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, Goodwill Hunting. I didn't want to pull you off that grace, but we're not doing Deadpool <laughs> Society. What is wrong with my brain? <laughs> oh, man. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons.
Hello, and welcome to How to Win, Lose, and Influence Dragons. It's a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast for the Curio Network of Podcasts. I am, as always, your uh, Dungeon Master, Grace Chapel. Thanks for coming along and listening to the show. Oh, um... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, so what are the... Now, mathematically, I can't fuck up, can I? You can't fuck up. <laughs> Great. Well, I mean, unless you pick Grace Chapel or Jackson, you see. <laughs> um, he made the right call and he started the last name. You can't, you can't look. Just don't say you. Okay. Great. Okay. Um, then in that case, on this, uh, on this, uh, <laughs> particularly, particularly mysterious Monday, I am Ben McAllister. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm with you so far. Why is it mysterious? Because it's Freaky Friday. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Pearls before fucking swine, <laughs> I swear to god. Oh, the Freaky Friday <laughs> Because we're all swapping bodies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Grace, Grace is in my body. That's okay, why she has my yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. On this but one. also for some reason she's become the dungeon master. Wait, she gave my body but kept her mind and is still Grace Chapel. But also, I guess my body is physiologically primed to be the. Yes. Yeah. You have the screen. Yeah. On this. Uh... It's all those small dungeons in your body. <laughs> yeah. Back here Wednesday, I am. It's not different days of the week. <laughs> what do you think literally the theme is? Monday. I, 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 what do you think the connective tissue was in? Have <laughs> you forgotten that I said the pattern? <laughs> <laughs> it's different days of the week now. Alright, who are you? Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm Jackson Yusuf. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, um... I'm the last member of the party, Lindsay Lohan, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're doing a Freaky yeah. Friday thing. Right, well. Okay. Uh, so does that mean... Does that mean T is in Lindsay Lohan's I'll body? See you all, I'll see you all whenever. Um, no, Lindsay, get Lindsay Lohan on the line. <laughs> oh, well, he's out. Yeah. No, Lindsay no, Lohan's, well, Lindsay Lohan's in your here. body. Uh, no, Lindsay. No, sorry. This is very obvious. Lindsay Lohan is in Grace Chapel's body. Grace Chapel is in my body. I'm in Jackson's body. Jackson's in T's body. So T is in Lindsay Lohan's body. Yeah, which is you know, yeah, which has been a dream of his for a long time. So, shall we earnestly start the show? Really, like just sit down, join hands, and just you know, really go forward together into yeah. this brave new world. Maybe it's happening. Summon the dead ghouls of what this podcast used to be and. Bring him back to record for us. Summon Lindsay Lohan's film hey, I career. I think this podcast is better than it's ever been before. Personally. Myself. Yeah, but, Im- but imagine if you had a week off, though. <laughs> imagine that, you know? Let, let the old ghouls go ahead and uh, record the show. And then... Uh, oh, you mean we disappear and we have, like, some skeletons to it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good to me. Take us away from this place, Ben! Valeria spends weeks in the secret library inside the Temple of Sand, recovering her strength and learning what she can. One of the first things she finds turns out to be among the most useful, spell scrolls which allow her to learn to create magical food and water. These spells sustain her on her weeks-long study. She learns much and more about the Sine, the temples, the pieces, and the crucible. 
so many parts of the story fall into place for her over those weeks. Eventually, she feels that she knows enough and has recovered enough to move on. She doesn't know exactly what the king is planning, but she knows that her memories of the man in black terrify her, and she's beginning to suspect she knows his true identity. She decides to make her way to the nearest temple that she's been able to find information about in her studies, the Temple of Sky. But before she does that, she needs to get word to her friends. They need to know that she's still in the game. After taking suitable measures to disguise herself and gathering several days' worth of supplies, Valeria makes the long journey east, through the endless sand, to the nearest trading post. She pays far too much for a shifty trader who claims to be heading south to deliver a letter to a secret spot in Carthus City. She hopes it'll find its way. With her business squared away, Valeria steals herself for the journey to where she expects to find the Temple of Sky. She's learned about the web, and she nervously plans to use it to travel to minimize her chance of discovery. Of course, she didn't quite make it all the way herself. She ran into someone along the way. Okay, so there you guys are. You're each standing in your own sort of little separate rooms. You can't see each other. You're separate from one another. I can describe what's in the rooms if you like, but I, I think I'd, I'd sort of rather leave that for the minute, um, other than to say that none of you are in, like, immediate pressing danger. You can all, like, see basically a room with a challenge sort of laid out before you. Um, and you've just received this message from Garrick saying that, like, there's a bit of a, yeah, bit of a situation on their hands there, and he sounded kind of panicked. You've all received that message, so what do you do? So, uh, should we, because I don't think in the VO you sort of elaborated, but, like, he basically said we've got a problem here. Has he, in that meantime, just relayed to us the fact that, like, the Webbles army are, like, on the doorstep? Yeah, I guess we could, yeah, that'd be far, like, more expedient than us just doing that in, <laughs> in character. Right, yeah. So I suppose we can assume that, yeah, he's, he's basically told you that, yeah, there's an approaching army and they're, they're bearing the banners of the werewolf. Gallic, how far away is this impending army? Ah, uh, look, I expect they'll be here within, within the hour. I, uh, yeah, I, I think we might be on our own here. All right, Drozzy comes in. Sorry, Garrick, you're going to have to hold them off. We've got something a little bit bigger on our hands. We'll be with you as soon as we can. He says, yeah, um, I mean, I don't really expect you guys can get here. I just wanted to to let you know. I mean, I'm here with Andrew. Andrew and I are sort of getting the defense together. Uh, We're going to try and get, you know, as many of the the civilians out of here as we can. Um, Druzzy, we'll we'll take care of your family. But you just wanted to stress us out? Fucking thanks, Garrick. Jesus. Is this an energy for Druzzy learning that her hometown where her family live is being attacked by the army again? Ben, I if, think so. if you can't recognise this sort of team behaviour now, what are you going to do when you're team <laughs> next year? <laughs> you got me. Um, Druzzy um, reacts to yeah, all emotion with anger. <laughs> um, Garrick, do you know, since being at Hastings, the surrounding area, do people talk about the dragon that defended Hastings? <laughs> Oh, um, I mean, like, the people of Hastings do. I guess it's probably soaked into the local folklore a little bit. Do you think 
I mean, I know there's not a dragon there now, but does the werewolf know that? All right, that's that's an idea. Uh, and then he, he, he goes off comms for a minute, and then he comes back on and he says, okay, um, we're going to see what we can do with that one. I uh, love that. How's so, so Sorry before Gary continues, but like... Are we all on a single comms channel? Yeah, it's a it's a communal channel. Yeah. The same channel we've been on the whole time, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, is Garrick literally just saying, I'll see what I can do with that in regards to the drag thing? Yeah, that's what he said. It's going to be like a Home Alone thing. A Home Alone that's thing? What I was yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Cardboard cutout? I love it. Bit of Oz. Sort of Tape player like in the shower? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Keep the flames, you filthy animal. (laughs) 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 You know what? I'm still interested in those characters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bring it back. Does Duncan have anything to say? Um, I mean, the the whole impulse is just getting there, but we know we can't, so it's kind of... I mean, we can, but I... Josie doesn't have that impulse, I don't think. Like, we're halfway through the temple. We could just hop into the web. We've got... I've got the thing. But even going into the web... Yeah. Like even and if, time dilates. And even if we get a tube and that sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah. it's Time like we, is yeah. the other way. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The web, web's no, worse. There's, there's no way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, that that's when they arrive. Like, if they fortify or something. Like, you know, if, if your impulse is to go there. Like, I, I don't want to tell you... you can't and have an impact like if they you know they, they hold up maybe you could do a bit of siege relief but like i guess that's a decision you've got to you've got to make as to like whether that's the thing you want to do right now i think don Khan probably just says garrett get out of there get everybody out of there i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best don Khan. we're gonna get the civilians out of here as best we can we've already got elena and alvar rounding them up and and Andrea's going to go with them. I'm heading up the defense. I've met this Trent fella here. He learned a thing or two <laughs> from the last time. He seems he seems okay. And we're going to do the best we can. Garrick is not your fault. Get out of there. If we just flee, we'll be cut down. We need to, to mount some kind of effective defense to, to help the others get away. There's no... There's no win in that. <laughs> Let's just keep moving through the tent- temple, all right? This is everyone's fight, Duncan. He says, "Listen, Duncan, believe me when I say that I, I'm not, I'm not going on a suicide mission here. But if it's a matter of getting, you know, people who might be more useful in the end game out, you know, Alvar, he he knows way more about this stuff than I do, and you know, I can't. So take Alvar and leave now." I hear you, Duncan, but what would you do? I'd leave. I'm not sure that's true. Look, hopefully I'll meet up with you guys again soon. I'm going to do my best to get out of here, but getting everyone else out of here is my top priority. Yeah, well, we've got a temple first. Good luck. Catch up with you guys later. Stay stay in the game. I mean, fuck. If you guys don't finish your end of things, then it doesn't even fucking matter if we all get captured or killed down here, because as far as I understand it, there's not going to be a, 
a world left to save. Good luck to you, Gallic. Yeah, cheers. I'll, I'll check back in when I can. I think maybe Drozzy says, let's punch it out. Double time. Can we move forward? Nice. Totally up to you guys. If you want to move forward, let's move forward. Um, who wants their room-based challenge first? Should we roll for initiative? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's a great fucking idea. 19. 18. 20, uh, 23. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Even an 18. Man, some good rolls. I can't sneak ahead of you all. Yeah. <laughs> the game was ripped from the start, kid. <laughs> okay. What is that, Casablanca? New Vegas. <laughs> Depends on who you influences are. <laughs> what about what about this one? What if we try this Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, sorry. Go on, go on Ben. It, it's Dragon Town, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, is that what it's from? <laughs> All right. Juicy J. Uh, Jody. Juicy J also works for Jody. Oh, I love that. Juicy Jode. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, you got to be careful there, Benno. <laughs> What? Okay. Um, all right, Juicy J. You find yourself in a pretty sparse Spartan space, by which I mean, like, the walls are not covered or decorated at all. They're just bare stone, stone floor, stone ceiling. It's it's well lit by some sort of magical downlighting. And in the room itself are a series of mechanical structures. Can I get a perception check from you, please. Oof. 14. Okay. Um, with 14, I would say, and like Jody's own memory, you sort of recognize these mechanical structures in front of you as mechanical analogs of trees and shrubs and a garden. At the very center of this large space is a spinning, whirling mechanical tree. It's very Whomping Willow-esque than Harry Potter. There's like this big metal tree and it's got these metal branches coming off it and they're moving around quickly and like sort of unpredictably and sort of just like whomping up and down and some of them look really sharp and some of them look really um, like dense and heavy and some of them, with the 14 you probably don't see what some of them look like. Uh, And then uh, around the base of this tree and out in a radius of... 30 feet, are a series of smaller, essentially the same thing, smaller shrubs, shrubs and trees that, that have the same kind of properties. Shrubs. And that's what that's what Jody sees with that 14. Right. I will say that the layout of the trees, and especially the big tree in the middle, feels kind of familiar to old Juicy J. Right. Um, Does it feel like it has a connection to the great tree from Esperoa? Sure does. Can I roll, like, a history check to see if there's, like, some sort of... I mean, I guess you would know that, but, like, to try and, like, ascertain something about the nature of it or, like, like the layout of the garden or something like that? Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Uh, that is a 17. Okay. Uh, from your, I guess, like, historical knowledge of the garden at Espera, um, you would say that the layout is is pretty pretty bang on. It looks a lot like like the layout of like the, the shrubs and trees, the smaller ones around the great one, is pretty close. Like there, there's a few sort of um like obviously carved paths approaching from different directions that sort of cut through the majority of the trees and shrubs. Um okay, Jody's gonna try and climb it the way he used to climb the great tree when he was at Espero. Okay. So, so, so that, in like does that mean following he's... that same pathway and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, so he's going to try and go down one of these, like, larger... Oh, yeah, what was that? Was that down one of the larger central avenues? Or was that, like, weaving through kind of, like, the the bushes and shrubs? I think, realistically, it would be, like, walking down one of the larger avenues and then going straight up the tree. Okay, nice. Um, So you're walking down, like, the one that's... I mean, there's one right in front of you. One of these larger avenues that's cut through the swaths that leads straight down to the great tree uh as you are proceeding down this avenue you are beset by a series of razor sharp and bludgeoning and other kind of effects metallic poles that reflect trees that are trying to swipe at you as you proceed down the path can i please get an acrobatics check from you i mean you'd see that that's not that's not news so with with that in mind maybe i'll I'll give you that first like the, the the branches are coming out and kind of like blocking the path at different times does that change anything about jody's approach um no i think he persists so he's just going to try and, like, fucking spinning leaf. Yeah, exactly. Water down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can I tap the root? <laughs> okay, yeah. nice. Um, spinning leaf, you know, like... Give me that acrobatic uh, 26. It's a leaf, like, dancing. It's a king killer thing, isn't it? Spinning leaf? Yeah, I got, I got a plus yeah, it 10 is, on it is acrobatics, my boy. I can't wait till you fuck yeah. your way out of this dungeon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It is a, okay. I think with a twenty-six, Jody basically goes into spinning leaf. He sees the name of the wind like <laughs> on the air, and he he speaks one word in a language that not even he comprehends, yeah. and the trees cease to move. And he just you know, yeah, he fucks the breeze. <laughs> what is that a thing? There's one that's like, is it like ten thousand kisses or something like that? He fucks. Do you, yeah, do you remember reading that? There's one point where it was like, yeah, it's like, and I'm just. Like, the root of that just seems absurd. Is that where he's describing all of this expositions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where Roffitz is like, now the next 45 pages is the Kama you know. Sutra of this world. And let me tell you, it's pretty wild. And if I'm not mistaken, one of them really sounds like eating ass. Like, <laughs> if I, if I, I that up. would put cold hard cash on the fact that every single one of them is based on something Roffitz has either done or imagined doing. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's okay. So, just so I mean, you know, if, I've just sorry, hang on. if he's written it in a book, literally, he must have done it or imagined it. No, no, no. He might have just come up with a name that sounded like a sex thing. He might not have figured out what it was. That's bad writing. You yeah, know? exactly. Oh, oh, I'm so, sorry. So Do we think w- bad writing is beyond the dude who came up with maybe he fucks his way out of this chapter. <laughs> yes, feels pretty effective. Oh, God. Yeah, and, and, and also King Killer is extremely well written. Tom, fight me, fight me, fight me. Uh, hey, so uh, just just so you guys are aware, I've just tried to find like the list of the sex moves that Kavoth learns because um, I wanted to see what the one that sounded like eating ass was. And so I've googled King Killer sex moves, and I found on Patrick Rothfuss's blog there is a post written by Pat Rothfuss called 10 Tips for Fantastic Sex. <laughs> so, um... Read it out. Different yeah. This is what we do. This is what we do. Read it out. We're reviewing it. HTW it audience, this is what we do now. Yeah. We're reviewing Rothfuss's sex blogs. That's all we ever do. HTW Lordy. It, it doesn't seem like the article's actually here... I don't oh, know. It's been redacted. <laughs> it seems like it's been heavily redacted. I, I can't really make heads or tails yeah. of this. It says, for your viewing pleasure, here's this month's storyboard. I will admit I'm kind of proud of the title, Share and Enjoy. And then there's just nothing there. So I think it's been, it was like meant I'm to be a I'm pretty proud of the title. The content of the article, not so much, because I haven't read it. Yeah. Please share and enjoy. Okay. <laughs> 
So there you go. Um, yeah, Jody enters Spinning Leaf and he fucking dances through these branches. One swoops at his head. He just like fucking limbos under it. One comes at his shins. He like deftly cartwheels over it. Another one's coming directly for the center of his mouth. He, he quickly drops to the ground and sort of scuttles forward a little bit and then like hand springs back up and uh, jumps over another one. And proceeding in this way, almost second nature to the man, he finds himself in a space of relative clear uh, at the foot of the great tree. Uh, Traversing the great tree itself, of course, is going to be a different story. Can you tell me how you'd like to do that? Well, I think, like, going through that experience is like, well, it's not exactly like the great tree back home. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think he'd probably want to uh, I guess roll an investigation check this time, sort of see how it's actually working. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, That is a 17 take 1 16. Okay, so you're trying to see how it's actually working. I guess the mechanism that powers this thing is sort of a, a mystery to you. I mean, you, you your only context is to assume it's some <laughs> kind of magic. And, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what 16 would give you. Uh, I would say, like, you can see that there is a pattern to the movement of the branches that are, that are sort of, like, rotating around the centre of the, the great tree. It's not as random as it appeared to you at first. Um, but in terms of, like... Like how it works. Yeah, yeah I haven't actually unlocked it. Sort of driven. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, driven magically in some way. Okay, visually, what does Jody see? Like, I basically, like, when I was looking at the investigation, I wasn't so much like, how does this intricately work, but more like, uh, does Jody have any instinct of where to start? Like, does he just think, like, climb the base of the tree, or are there different segments moving in a certain pattern? Uh, or if he can't uh, ascertain, I'll, I'll say he's, he's discerned up. the. I'll say he's discerned the pattern, which would mean, I would say, like, he's going to have an easier time climbing it. You know, like, when you figure out the patterns of, like, a boss attack in yeah, a game exactly. or something, and you're like, oh, yeah. So I'd say, like, from, from that, like, he, he can see, like, yeah, the different segments are moving in different ways. Like, as you get higher, the speed and the pattern changes. And he was able to sort of discern some of that, which I would say, if he did want to try and climb it, would make his job a bit easier. Yeah, I guess Jody, right before he starts to climb it, thinks, like, what is he actually trying to achieve with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess that's, like, that's up to him. Like, if his instinct is to climb the thing, his instinct is to climb the thing. I mean, like, he, he looked around the room. His, your perception roll wasn't good enough to, like, see the, 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 you know, answer, if you like. So he just sort of, like, saw the tree in the garden, and, like, I guess his instinct is just to climb. But, um, yeah, really, you can do anything, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not railroading you here. When he sees a tree, gotta go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without any other <laughs> inspiration or influence, Jody climbs the tree. Okay, nice. I would say uh, I'm going to need an acrobatics check from you to climb this tree and avoid being sideswiped. But I am going to give you advantage because of your investigation check that allows you to figure out its patterns. Ooh, well, the second one was a four, so that's good. Uh, so it's uh, another 26. Jesus, another 26. Okay, Jody doesn't even exit Spinning Leaf. He's, he's been in it the whole time. And he, he that's why he was able to look up at the tree and be like, oh yeah, the lower branches are moving at this speed, and then they're at this speed. And he basically just kind of like shimmies up that thing like a rat up a drain pipe. And uh, he, he sort of like dodges. One uh, moves fairly close by him, and he does realize he's uh, faintly crackling with electricity, like an, uh, an electrically charged uh, branch. He dodges razor sharp, sort of leaf vine type things. He dodges these bludgeoning poles. He dodges the electrically charged poles. And before too long, he finds himself in the uh, relative safety of the upper branches, which are not moving. And he's just sort of positioned in between these branches. And now that 
he's up here, up here amongst the top of the great tree, not obscured by uh, various uh, sticks and, and, and branches and pillars. I would say it's fairly obvious to him at this point that there is a small lever up here atop the thing uh, that was obscured from down below. Uh, great, yeah. He. So how, how far up is the lever from him? How tall's the great tree, my man? He's on top of it. Um, I mean, I reckon the, the great tree was probably like a good, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 meters tall. Yeah, nice. That, that, that's roughly what I had in yeah. mind. I think he's, yeah, that, that's where it is, and that's where he is. Oh, so like, how far away is Jody from this from this lever? Oh, like, he, he can reach it if he, if he oh, wants Oh, great. To. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he reaches on up and he pulls the lever. Okay. Um, he pulls the lever and he feels like a jolt of, like, electric charge go through his hand. It doesn't do him any damage, but he just kind of, like, feels it. And he hears, like, a kind of noise as the lights go out overhead. And he sort of feels the tree branches begin to uh, slow and eventually stop. And he hears... Does Jody have dark vision? Uh, He's got those goggles. He's got goggles on, though. Don't worry about it. Does he he flip them right on? Yeah, for sure. Just like, pew, like Sam Fisher in fucking Splinter Cell. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Jody Jody flips on his goggles like Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell. And he looks down at the the room around him and the the walls at the, the base of the tree. And he sees that one of the wall panels is sliding backwards with a sound of stone grating on stone, revealing a corridor behind it that continues forward. Yeah, Jody backflips off the tree and then like lands down in front of it and then proceeds through the corridor. And it just doesn't take any fall damage, right? That's such a huge jump. Yeah. And yeah. a backflip. A 75 meter fall. All right, sorry, 25 meter fall. Yeah. It's two and a half yeah, diving nuts. platforms. Olympic diving platform. Well, yeah, what's the... I can, well, I can find the actual mechanic if you want. Because um, I... I, okay, I, I love that that's your metric. <laughs> <laughs> it's two and a half Olympic diving platforms. <laughs> hey, it's 25 of the System International standard <laughs> of the meter. Have you guys ever stood on a diving platform before? It's so high. Hey it's me, your friend and your cool vape-toting cousin, Big B. Thanks as always for listening to Chapter 54. We sure hope you're enjoying it. Uh, so just a few quick programming notes for you. We're going to put up the next episode of this arc on the regular schedule, and that'll kind of wrap up this whole Temple of Sky story. And then, well, it's going to be time for gearing up for finale mode, the thrilling conclusion of this Carthus campaign. Uh, don't worry, the finale is going to be several episodes long. It's not about to end immediately, but it is coming up pretty soon. We're probably going to take an episode off over Christmas and throw up the second live show from our recent season at the Sydney Fringe Festival. Uh, so to summarise, that's the end of this arc on December 13th, and then a live show on December 27th, then into the finale in the new year. Anyway, given that we're so close to the end of the show, or the end of this story at least, it would be a great time to try and get new listeners on board. Uh, if you know someone who you think might like it, who you haven't spoken to about it, point them at episode zero or one of the self-contained live shows as a bit of a teaser. Um, of course, it's also always helpful to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen, uh, or to shout us out on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and you're kind of running out of time to do that. So uh, please, give it some thought. Okay, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. So I can, I can use a reaction to reduce um. fall damage by five times my monk level. So okay, yeah. So Jody takes he uses his reaction and he just like superhero like slow slams on the yeah. ground.
Yeah. And then what? Just fucking rolls up up that corridor. Okay. Great. I think we'll leave Jody there for the minute, and we'll we'll move on around to the second initial order, which is one Drazilia Halimian. Drazilia. Yes. You're standing. You've been walking up this corridor, and you stop before the corridor opens up into the wider space because of what you see in the wider space that alarmed you. Can you hear the spooky um, sound effects that we're getting right now, Ben? Is that coming through to you? No. It's like a thunderstorm. Um, tell me what I see in the room that holds my tracks like a thunderclap. You see a circular room, and at the centre of this room is a stone tower. And the thing that stops you dead in your tracks is that ringing the circular walls of the room, broken only by the entrance into the room that's created by your corridor, is a pulsing wall of red energy that periodically rapidly closes, ending in the clock tower at the center. Uh, So does that paint a clear enough picture? Do you know what I'm describing? When you say closes, do you mean like it shrinks and then expands? Yes, it shrinks down to a point and then it just uh, it doesn't expand it just dissipates and oh. then it charges back up at the walls and then shrinks down to the center extremely good okay yep and druzzy sees this tower at the center of the room where the pulsing red ring of energy is dissipating what does she do yeah i throw a dagger into the room and see what happens to it Okay, just because you haven't thrown a dagger in a while and you've literally never once done it successfully, <laughs> uh, I am going to need you to take a attack roll for Fucking me. Fucking roasted. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have been more right, Ben. It's a three. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josie tries to throw the dagger, but she fucks up the timing and she was trying to throw it like out into the middle of the space during a time when uh, the red ring was still at the walls before it had shrunk, but she fucked it up a bit and it started to shrink and like very quickly closed over the gap that was uh, left for the doorway that she's walking in through and uh, the dagger just like thwacked off that wall and um, tumbled to the ground. So it is a solid wall, I guess is what she learns from doing that. Yeah, right. Interesting. And it is a, like, it's a ring that has height as well as depth? Yes. I can't just duck down. Shame. The ring ring is the height of the room. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Classic rings. I guess I'm going to try and, oh, I'm going to cast haste on myself. (gasps) I still. Oh, what does that do? It doubles my speed. Double C, okay. plus 2AC, extra action. Because um, I've still got two slots in that category. So I'm going to cast haste myself, and I guess I'm just going to try and run it. Does, it. does she think by looking at it that she could beat it? Um, she thinks it's going to be tough, but with the haste, she feels like it's going to be a bit easier. Yeah, like nice. she, could, she could maybe do it. But, like, what's her plan when she gets there? Because the ring, like, contracts on the tower and then stops, like, dissipates. Oh, and there's no opening in the tower? I just no, assumed no, that there no. was, like, like, a door, uh, like, the clock tower <laughs> in Hastings. But didn't, funnily enough, didn't think to look. <laughs> no, funny. Funny how she like... does that. <laughs> Drazzy. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. Is there any, any hole in the stone? Why don't you take a perception check? I would love me. to do that. You know what? It's not great. It's 11. Okay. I would say 11 is enough to see that on the side of the stone facing her, 
um, there is a hole, basically. It's not like, um, it's not a hole she could fit her body in. It's, it's more like a, a hand-sized hole. And, I mean, this is another thing that you would just see. You don't really need to roll to see this. On the tower, on, again, the face facing to you, is a clock face. And it's currently stopped. Interesting. Um, okay. She's gonna... I guess just run in. <laughs> She's gonna run for the hole a in the wall. Classic that um, is the worst name. I, I think, think you've got to fucking... I, I had forgotten what it was, and I was like, oh my god. I have to take into account the sort of psych damage of the last round as well, and think that she's not... Oh. She's just a bit, like, head down, fucking gonna do this. We also said that, yeah, she has disadvantage on checks for the remainder yeah. of this. <laughs> oh, so that perception check went way down. Whoops. Yeah, well, she fucking just get any information. runs headfirst at the wall and headbutts it. Like, I don't know. No, she <laughs> she goes to look at the hole in the wall as fast as she can. Okay. I was going to give you disadvantage on a dexterity check to get over to the hole as fast as you can, but casting haste, I'm going to say you time it such that the, like, right after it dissipates, the opening in the wall is there for you again, and she just sprints. And because she's moving double time, she can get there, and the wall of red energy light is bearing down behind her, and she's standing face-to-face with this hole in the side of the tower. Um, what do you do? I stick my staff in. You stick your staff in? Okay. With the... the Uh, Drazi gets there. She jams her staff into the hole in the base of the tower. And then she needs to take a... Give me a... You're a charisma caster. Give me a charisma check, but give it to me at disadvantage. Remembering that you've got that plus one from your very charismatic necklace. Um, just a flat charisma check. Oh, uh, no, this is... Th- fair enough. I your proficiency. 16, then. Mmm. So she jams her staff in, and she feels, like, some kind of energy interacting between the tip of her staff that's in the hole and the tower itself. And she feels like the tower is about to kind of, sort of... Explode. Come to life. <laughs> <laughs> And then it doesn't. Oh, and no. the, red wall of energy, <laughs> the red wall of energy hits her in the ah. back, crushing her into the tower, ah. and she takes 15 force damage. Alright, she's got about the, two more of those left in her. <laughs> <laughs> the red wall dissipates, and then appears back at the thing, and starts charging in at her again. Uh, you've got an opportunity to try this again. Um, She flies up to... The clock face at double speed. Okay. Uh, yeah, I said it was about 20, 15 metres tall, which is 45 feet. Yeah, you can get there within the, the time that it takes the thing to get here. What do you do? I try and move the clock hand. Where do you try and move them to? Uh, midnight. <laughs> <laughs> do, <laughs> wait, do you... Oh, boy. Oh, just, was there something about the clock face at the last one? I cannot remember. It was like I, a year yeah, ago. I, I think maybe it was midnight. I think it was like midnight makes the dream right. I think was the slogan <laughs> of, the, of the clock tower. Yeah, w- what was the hour that the clock tower opened? This is the thing our characters probably know that we don't remember. This is 
This is the thing I don't you remember know, that I'm going to go back through my notes. keeps a detailed journal of everything we do. She does. Just give that a read. Most of it is just complaining about the two of you. That's no, classic. <laughs> because to yeah. get in the temple, Jody ran out the side of the clock tower and then changed the yeah. clock face yeah. to a time. I could go find it, uh, not now, off mic, and then edit myself in saying it, the time, and then you can just say, oh yeah, I moved the hands to that time. Yeah. <laughs> classic. <laughs> oh Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm acting. Ready? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I move it to that time. Oh, that was the worst line of dialogue you've given the entire oh, show. All right, I'll take it again. You don't, care, <clears throat> you don't care anywhere near that much in this show. Oh, yeah. You can't get okay, fooled okay. into, into right. that. Oh, yeah. I'll, um, I'll move it to that time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please speak? These various takes, Ben. You're gonna go one more. Yes, I'm more laid back, Grace. More laid back. More laid back. Oh yeah, I'll move to that time. Oh my god. No, okay. Say it as though you're me. You today. Hashtag knives out. Grace, no give me, give me one, give me one as though it's the, give me one as though the time I said is the time you are about to go meet up with Chris Hemsworth. What? Really excited? <laughs> I thought you're giving me really no, conflicting directions. You can play it too excited, though, Grace. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like you're thrilled, but you gotta keep it yeah. quiet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hello. <laughs> I was moving that time. <laughs> I think it was the best read of the, of the three, to be honest. Yeah. See, Thanks. this. See, I, I, I always, I, always, I have a knack for getting the best out. <laughs> um, it's one, one of my core directing skills. All right. Uh, you move the hands of the clock tower to the correct time, and to insert time, and uh, <laughs> you. Do you want like a? Like a little click thing, like a little, you know what I mean? Tick. Yeah, yeah, a little edit mark. Beep, beep. Yeah, beep, you beep. um, you move, beep, beep. move the hands of the clock tower to to the correct time, and then you feel that the clock tower is now ready for action. Oh, ready, ready for but action. Not before you are smacked in the back again by a wall of red light, sending you clattering to the ground and taking eleven force damage. Ben or something? Because I feel like in the last few months, Ben's been like Druzzy's the only person. So you, you you feel that the clock tower is now ready, Grace, and the light is still there. You you've fallen back down to the ground after taking that force damage, and the hole is in front of you again. I stick my staff in, real good. Okay, uh, you stick the staff back in this time. This time, give me give me a charisma check. No disadvantage. Uh, twenty two. Okay. Uh, having been smacked in the back by this red wall again, you feel it bearing down on you. You jam your staff into the hole in the in the side of the clock tower, and you feel your staff vibrating. You feel the clock tower vibrating, and then you hear a loud bing. And the red wall that is approaching you from behind dissipates into nothingness before it can strike you a third <sighs> time. Uh, the face of the clock tower lights up and it begins ticking slowly forward. And you see also on the far side of this circular chamber from the clock tower and from the, the corridor that you entered in, a door sliding back with the sound of stone sliding on stone and a corridor behind it. What do you do? I leave this room. 
You wander on out of this room a little bit battered, a little, a little bit, bit bruised, battered is one way of putting it. Nine HP is another. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Duncan finds himself standing on a... Well, Duncan's definitely in the largest space of the three. Well, he's got to be. Yeah, it's uh, a it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> to fit his thick, thick self. Um, but it's it's like quite a bit larger than the other two. Not that Duncan knows that. He probably thinks everyone's in this space. Oh, that size, Ben. Uh, Duncan. I'm suggesting Duncan doesn't have object permits. <laughs> I'm suggesting look at the size of this guy. Um, uh, Duncan is standing on a platform. It's essentially a 15 foot deep. By the width of the so room, which just is about deeper than 30 feet wide. Yep. And then uh, in the in the direction of the 15 feet, sort of uh, directly in the direction he was walking when he entered the space, there is a several hundred foot wide chasm uh, of inky blackness that extends down below him and out of his range of vision. And then, sort of in the distance, on, on the far side, Duncan can see there is another platform and a door with something written above it. Okay. Okay. Uh, can I see what is written above it at this range? Uh, before we do that, let me describe the other things that you see, and then you can take some perception checks, and we can see if you can see what's written above it. Before you give the game away, I already know how I'm getting across the chasm. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure you do. Oh, that's <laughs> because you forgot what I got under my belt. We'll get there. And yeah, go ahead and take your perception check now so I can tell you whether you can see what it says above the door. Look, I won't lie. Ten. I'll say with a ten, you can see at this range that you're, you're pretty sure it's Cine writing. If you were closer to it, you reckon you'd be able to read it because you've got that half proficiency. You'd be able to understand what it's saying. Um, but at this range, you can't quite make it out. Fair enough. Um, but what you do see with that is the stuff that you would just see. So next to the door on the far side of this uh, large chasm is a scaled down, I guess you'd call like scale model, if you like, of a Cine obelisk. And it's looking charged up and ready to go. And it's on the far side of the room. Next to the door on the far side. Next to the door on the far side. And on the platform that you're standing on, there are an assortment of trapezoidal dark stone blocks. How many? Five. And they are decreasing in size, uh, and some of them contain glass panels embedded in them. I stack them up. There's one more thing before we get to you stacking them up, which is that above the door that you walked onto this platform from is another Cine rune. Mm-hmm. Can I get a history check from you? Yes. Five. Now, okay, it's a Cine rune, so you can read what it says anyway, or kind of understand it. Um, but with that five, you don't get just the give extra me like a bad translation. Well, it's one, it's one word. So I'm saying you, you get like you get the word, but you don't get any insight from it other than you know what what jumps out to you just for free. Give me a slightly wrong word, please, just for the fun of it. Okay, okay, all right. Okay. Oh, let me look up a synonym. Well, six, but... Let me look up a synonym. <laughs> Put it into Google Translate and then translate it back from a different language. Oh, fuck. That's a good idea. That's way more fun than using thesaurus.com. <laughs> okay. All right. Translating it from Urdu and back uh, has given me the word crucified. 
crucified. Whoa. Yes. That is a wild, <laughs> wild word. Yeah, not a lot of synonyms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Okay, so it says crucified above the door I came through. Well, it doesn't say crucified. No, 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 don't with a roll of six, so he believes that that is what is written there. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets out a hammer and some nails and just, like, fucking works on his wrist. Okay, so the things on the floor, what shape did you say? Were like hexagons or something? Pentagons? How They're like pentagons tra- trapezoids. Trapezoids, okay. <laughs> so, so, like, so three-dimensional trapezoids um, made of dark stone. Do they look like they stack up on top of each other in the shape of an obelisk? Oh, well, maybe you're <laughs> obviously so wrong with my puzzle. Jack them up on top of each other like an obelisk. <laughs> oh, with your little building okay, heads? See, yeah. see, here's the thing, Zunkan, is that they're very, very heavy, and it's very hard to do. Yeah, well, so I'm going to need you to take a check for that. But fortunately, you've got advantage on building things thanks to your magic gloves. So I need you to take an athletics check for me with advantage. Um, yeah, we're looking at 26. Nice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, Duncan puts a bit of puts a bit of fucking work in, picks up one of these things, and it feels really hefty to him, like and he's like, "Whoa, I feel like, you know, I'm strong, but like ordinarily picking this up would have been difficult for me." But something about these gloves is interacting with the stones that he's stacking in a way that just makes it a bit easier for him. And he just, like, fucking one after another piles these bad boys up. The last one, he lifts up, like, a capstone, uh, you know, fucking an overhead press, and oh, just yeah. places it uh, deftly atop. Ah, fucking Dukan's so short. He's got to, like, jump with the last one to get it on if top of this If you think for a second one. he can't do that, don't. Yeah, he's got those thick, thick thighs. Yeah, and then he's built the thing, and the glass spheres in either side of it are beginning to kind of spin up and spin to life. And uh, the bottom one uh, comes to life and then the middle one and then the top one. And he feels like he's constructed a little obelisk here. Sweet, sweet. Now, how many feet away from me is the other side? Let's say 300. Feet? Yeah. And does it look like the obelisk is lit lit up? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it does look like the obelisk is lit up. Okay, well, I go through my obelisk. Now, how do you do that? <laughs> Look, what I do, first of all, is... You know how Drazi keeps a detailed journal of everything we've done? Well, Dunkan mm-hmm. keeps a detailed copy of everything Drazi journals. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just, like, constantly snooping. <laughs> yeah. It's a real, real helicopter. It's his bedtime read. Um, and he looks up the method for activating an obelisk, which he may not have actively participated in. In, I don't know. I'm going to need you to take a check for this one, my guy. Oh, God. <laughs> to try and activate this fucker. I'm going to need you to take an arcana check for me. Unless you can convince me of a reason that this would be a different kind of check. 14. Arcana check. Duncan places his hand out on the obelisk and he's like, oh, I swear I've seen Druzzy do this before. And he's like, I guess he's like gripping the hilt of his sword that contains a piece mm-hmm. and like Naturally. putting the other hand with the lifting gloves. Like out on the out on the obelisk and just kind of like trying to like feel it out. Undoubtedly and... awkwardly fingering the glass. Okay, <laughs> I think because of his awkward fingering of the glass, the obelisk rejects his bad touch, and I need him to take nineteen points of elect of uh, shock damage <laughs> as he recoils away from the obelisk in pain. Okay, well, if you're gonna play hard to get, 
It's Dimension Door in my cloak, right? That's the spell you've got in your cloak of tactical insertion. Sweet. I'm going to blip right across to the other doorway. Hang so on. when Duncan meets a lady who's playing hard to get, he just bounces. He gives it one crack and then he's out. Uh, no, when Duncan is hard-pressed to get through a situation to find out if his friends have survived the assault of his emotional and psychological arch-nemesis and strategic arch-nemesis at this point, he exhausts all of his resources to finish his goals. Fair enough. I also was going to say that if he did do that, that would be a good thing because it would be very respectful of the lady's wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Duncan uh, pulls himself into his little pocket dimension and then fucking ghosts across the room and appears on the other side as though he's just used an obelisk. Duncan doesn't need an obelisk. He's a one-man obelisk. And what does Duncan do now? What does it say about this door? I'll get a history check to determine if I have to fuck this up for you. <laughs> oh, it was worse. It's a two. <laughs> fuck. Um, I'll give you... You know what? I'll give you, like, a mispronunciation. That's that's what it's going to be. So so Duncan sees this and he's like pretty sure it's a a wordy scene. It sounds like a like a proper name, like a it looks like a name maybe. And he, he's reading it out and he's like An- Annabelle. And uh Annabelle. Then <laughs> Yeah, Annabelle is what he what he thinks it says. What does Duncan do now that he's read out crucified and Annabelle? Uh I think thoroughly perplexed by both of those words. Especially in conjunction. I think the conjunction helps a lot. Uh, well, good on you. I failed my history checks. <laughs> um, and your intelligence rolls when yeah, you true. created your character. What does Duncan do? Uh, he goes through the door. Yeah, as Duncan walks over to the door, it too slides open, like on an automatic sensor type thing, with the sound of stone scraping on stone. Ooh. And he proceeds through a corridor. And I'm going to say what we now see is a room, a small room, which is just like all of the other rooms that you've been in in this temple. It's just made out of the same kind of stone. It's well lit. And as Duncan emerges into the space, he sees that there are four doors leading into this space. And yeah, I mean, you all did those at the same time. I think Drazi's definitely took the longest. So I'm going to say out here in the space, you've got, uh, you've got Valeria sort of sitting cross-legged on the ground. You've got Jody emerging from his door, sort of at roughly the same time as you. And like, maybe like six or seven seconds later, an extremely puffed, like winded, uh, Drazilia sort of stumbles out of her door into this, uh, space. And you're all reunited on the far side of your solo trials. And Valeria stands up from the ground and says, I trust that wasn't too taxing for you all? That's fine. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> she says, well, I've got um, good news uh, and bad news, I guess. The, the good news is that right through that door, and she indicates one door that is on the far side of the room from the four that you've entered through, we're going to meet up with, with Elva. The bad news is that, well, once we get through there to where Elva and I got stuck proceeding, we don't have any more intel on what the challenges are deeper in the temple. So, good news and bad news, but um, if you're all ready to head through, I guess we should just rock on, as it were. To be fair, like, her intel hasn't been amazingly helpful. Like, a lot of the challenges have just, like, <laughs> d- dipped around and been like, whatever I said, they're yeah. not. Yep. Mm. That's from Jackson, not from Jody. Jody would have been so Um Yeah, should we roll on through, I guess, with haste? Because of... 
Oh, actually, now that we're here in person, um, uh, Jody turns to Duncan and is like, I think we have to, sorry to, to bring this up again, but I think we have to hope for something here. Perhaps there is some mechanism here. We, we do not know what the Temple of Sky is, what it might mean, but potentially there is a way here that we can use to get to Hastings. And so let's, let us proceed and try and make the best of this. And if we, we cannot do what we don't have the capacity to do, so we can hope and pray that potentially the answer is here, and if it is not, then we know that we've done all that we can. There was another day when I could have done more. But, thank you. Let's proceed. Let's do it. Let's go to the door. Okay. You guys open this door. Or rather, I'm going to say Valeria walks over and slides open this stone door. And she says, well, um, hope you guys are ready to meet a uh, bit of living history. And do you walk through? Yeah, let's do it. You guys walk through this door and into a wider open space. I'm going to describe a couple of things that you see in the room. Probably the first thing that you notice is that the far wall of this room is similar to some other rooms that you've been in. It's essentially one giant copper-coloured metallic door. It seems like it sort of rolls up into the ceiling and reveals some space on the far side of it, but at the moment it is closed. Also, uh, bang in the middle of this room, running from the left wall over to the right wall, are five of those strange barber chair-like structures that you've seen in a few Sine temples before. But of course, the thing that grabs your attention more than any of that is the strange-looking woman standing in the middle of the room. She looks sort of different to any person you've ever seen in the past. She's beautiful, ethereal, and almost alien-looking. She's easily the most striking and imposing person you've ever been in the same physical presence of. And she fixes you all, one after another, in her steely alien gaze, and simply says, Hey, That's right, everybody. Somehow, someway, standing right before you, a being from a distant, lost time. It's really her. It's the last of the Sine. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.